Al, we have some very different things to talk about this week. Yeah, no joke. (laughs) (laughs) Things that just go from one end of the spectrum to the other. Both things that I like, though. True. You're not wrong. (laughs) We got some Otome. We got some other stuff. All sorts of things happening this week. Here... On episode 202 of the Season Lamb Checkup OVA, it's a podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, manga. Hello, I'm Jared, joined as always by Doc Al and Ladium. Hello, not the Queen of Otome, come on. Sorry, yes, you are the Queen of Otome, because we are talking about some Otome this week. Otome! So we will, of course, be updating Al's official ranking of Otome. Mm-hmm. As per the contract that we we did when we st- we first did this ranking. We are bound and legally have to do this every time. It is true. Also, it's just fun. <laughs> uh, also, we're going to talk about some Zelda games we played recently that are strange. Yes. To say the least. Because they're just, you can't play them anymore. Nope. Except you can, but not... Not, not in their original format. Not in their original format, yes. Um, that's what we're going to start with today. Uh, Yes, we're gonna hear some owl noises. <laughs> I had to remove a kitty. It's like always got to remove a kitty. Uh, so yeah, we played some Zelda games for the Super Famicom mm-hmm. that also utilized the Satella View. Ooh. The uh, the fancy peripheral that was like sort of internet gaming for the Super Famicom, but not really. <laughs> it was an attempt. It was an attempt, yes. Just like Sega Sega Net was an attempt. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing that was in the 80s that was an attempt, but it was yeah. not good. I forget the name of it. Essentially, Satellaview was like almost, in a sense, like appointment television for video games. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is that it was more like a TV and that like you had to be in front of the the console at a certain time in order to catch it. Mm-hmm. They would uh they would air these on a specific dates and that would be like oh we're well, you're gonna get this game on this date that's what we're airing out it's got you have to be at this specific time in order to do it and if you miss that window you're sol <laughs> uh, they would also like do reruns of these as well uh, later on but like yeah for the most part it was just like hey make sure you're here on this date this time and then you'll be good to go um. The Zelda games in particular ran from 1995 all the way until May of 2000. That's a good run. That is a long run. A lot of these, you know, they only did three games. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of them are just reruns, specifically of the uh, the Satellite version of Link to the Past, which doesn't really do a whole lot differently mm-hmm. than just play Link to the Past. Right. So, like, that one's, like, the least interesting of the three. Uh, but we did check out the the two that are actually like different, different, and have like you know some intriguing qualities to them. We'll say <laughs> um, the first one they put out in August '95 was uh, BS Zelda No Densetsu. Um, the BS standing for Broadcast Satellite, not the the curse word. <laughs> essentially, Broadcast Satellite: The Legend of Zelda. Yeah. Um, this is a very interesting thing that they did as the mm-hmm. first Zelda Satellaview game because essentially it is a Super Famicom remake of The Legend of Zelda. Yep, the original one. 
the yes, original Legend of Zelda for the NES, which is wild to think. It's very wild. Like it looks great. Um, you mm-hmm. get to you get to play as like you know a character that you want to choose and all that sort of stuff. But like it's basically the Legend of Zelda. Yep. But in sixteen bits, instead of eight. Using resources from Link to the Past. Yes. Um. Obviously, because you know these games came out well after Link to the Past came out, they they were able to. To do that sort of stuff as well. Um, the the fun thing about like the Satellaview games as well is, is that like they would also stream in like um, vocal tracks along with the game. So like you would have like uh, people talking to you in your video game without having to have CDs and all that sort of stuff, which is wild to think. Voice acting. So they had voice acting and everything. Um, this Wikipedia article says that BS Zelda No Densetsu became the world's first integrated radio game. Ooh. And it was also the first time that the Zelda title released by Nintendo, very key point there, utilized spoken dialogue. Because ah. the, the CDI games would have pre- would have been the predecessors to this. Correct, but... Um, Those are Nintendo games. They are not Nintendo games, and they are disasters. That is true. So they first started using, uh, or airing this on August 6th, 1995, and it ran throughout all of August weekly, so the 13th, the 20th, and 27th. Uh, four episodes essentially you'd have i think like an hour of play time to get through your specific chunk you have to get through and everything um then they did a rerun later in 95 uh three times in 95 one time in 97 um and then some other times in 96 as well how would they even like advertise that it was happening probably through like magazines that's fair. In-store advertisements, commercials. I would assume that would be the way they they like would tell people, hey, this is what we're doing. Make sure you're around the Satella view to see what's up. That's that's valid. Mm-hmm. Um Satella view also was the thing that like they Nintendo partnered with like um a specific company in Japan that like does not exist anymore. Mm-hmm. So like that makes the the way like the reason like why a lot of these games have never like been re-released kind of iffy because like who officially owns the rights to these? Because Nintendo developed them, but they were published by this other company. So it kind of could be very bizarre to figure out. Um, also, these were these games were made by Nintendo R and D two which is the company or like the, the the department of Nintendo that was behind like making the Famicom and the Super Famicom. Mm-hmm. Um they they made games occasionally. And by occasionally I mean like very rarely. Like they put out the ports of like Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Jr on the NES. They did NES Open Tournament Golf. Um they did the first game directed by Al Numa like in 96 for the Super Famicom, then they did the Satellaview games. Uh, and then after that, they did, like, ports of Mario Brothers and then all, like, the, the Super Mario Advance games for GBA. So, like, this is obviously not, like, a big game development side of Nintendo, but it was mostly just, like, hey, we're going to make a bunch of, like, hardware and then mm-hmm. occasionally dabble in some of this stuff over here. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, let's talk about some development of this game, or this, of these games in particular, of these Zelda games. So okay. you, can, you can get a little bit more of a understanding of how these games were played because they were very strange. Um, 
From the earliest days of the Satellaview, the intention was to provide an opportunity for players from Kyushu to Hokkaido to enjoy two-way communication and involvement with a communication system allowing multiplayer net play. That sounds like a 1995 way to describe the internet, for sure. Yep. Uh, while the earliest broadcasts for the Satellaview included solo play games and strictly time-linked sound link magazines that gave a sense of the player's direct temporal connection to the broadcasting center at St. Giga, uh, Nintendo's goal of simultaneous involvement between and amongst players was thought to be lacking. For this reason, Nintendo began sponsoring a series of student networking projects to develop a network game that would let home consumers interact with each other over the satellite broadcasting system. The result of the networking project was the world's first integrated radio game, or SoundLink game, BS Zelda. As a programming project, BS Zelda was considered by students to be exceptionally difficult due to the strict control quality control imposed by Nintendo. The game was to have no in- interactive lag and no programming bugs of any kind... <laughs> Apparently they didn't get the, the memo that <laughs> Link to the Past has bugs and stuff. Yep. The project went through at least two beta versions prior to release. On final release, the game was divided into four episodes, each of which would be available for download only during a narrow one-hour window. Simultaneously streaming SoundLink vocal files would be broadcast to players to provide an expanded, fully orchestrated musical score, as well as plot narration. These vocal tracks are far too large for the 8, 8M ROM capacity of the Satellaview. However, as streaming files, they were only temporarily stored as RAM, which was then overwritten as the game progressed. Although players would not be able to play a true multiplayer game as only one player could be displayed in the overworld at one time, the goal of a sense of interplayer community was achieved by linking all BS Zelda players to a common real-world time frame, by making in-game references to the idea of other players, and by including a game score and password system that allowed the publishing of ranking of ranking tables and the competition of players against one another for prizes awarded by St. Giga. The, stereo- or the serialized structure, together with the structure of the Zelda franchise, was intended to encourage the Televue's sales and viewership and, and to establish fan loyalty. <laughs> uh, first announced during an early July 1995 SoundLink magazine broadcast of Hikaru Ijuin's King of Summer, the official BS Zelda pre-release party was hosted by Hikari, Hikari Ota and took place during the August 3, 1995 SoundLink magazine broadcast of Bakusho Mondai. And the first episode of BS Zelda was released on Sunday, August 6, 1995, with new episodes broadcast every subsequent Sunday through the 27th. The game was rebroadcast on at least four sub- subsequent occasions as reruns through the lifetime of the Satellaview. And then if you won, you got like access to a casino game. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing you want to have. Um, there's also some weird stuff that they, they talk about where like this has like two maps. One map is like what you think Legend of Zelda is, I think the other one's like a remix map. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see here. Uh, as in the Legend of Zelda second quest, dungeons are again completely different for map two. Consequently, BS Zelda is sometimes referred to as a third quest in reference to the Legend of Zelda's second quest. BS Zelda map two could thus be considered the fourth quest, carrying on tradition initiated in the second quest where the dungeon maps layouts the dungeon map layout spell, spelled Zelda. Third quest layout spells St. Giga. And fourth quest spells Nintendo. Because sure. Um, but yeah, like this is... I think they kind of... Supposedly they changed a small bits of the story because you're not playing as a Link. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's basically the Legend of Zelda story. <laughs> right. Um Although this apparently says it's chronologically close in time to A Link to the Past, which I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> but it's the Zelda timeline, so anything makes sense as long as you can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the one we we played through fully was the the second one they did in 1997 was the first broadcast of this. 
BS Zelda no Densetsu Inene Shie no Sekibon or The Legend of Zelda Ancient Stone Tablets. Uh, this is basically a remix of Link to the Past. Yes. Where you do not play as Link, you play as a male or a, a youth. A youth that's a dude or a lady. Um depends on whatever you want to choose. I think I think that was also tied to like one of the Satellaview games that like forced you to have a player avatar. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, essentially this is a sequel to a link to the past. Yep. Which is wild to think. Um because it said it said six years after a link to the past. Mm-hmm. Link is gone. Yep. He is gone to do something else. Bad things are happening again. And then, like, Zelda basically spears you away from the real world into the, the land of Hyrule. And he's like, hey, can you help us out? Do some stuff for us. Um, it is basically a lot of Zelda and Agana talking to you. You know, one of the, the most important characters from A Link <laughs> to the Past. <laughs> okay, for context, this is the guy who hangs out in the cave in the desert area mm-hmm. in the light world and basically has like one line to give you about the, the Book of Medora and that's it. Like that's that's the only use for this guy. And he is Sasha's <laughs> brother. Apparently. That I don't remember that being in the game, but now he is. This is canon. This is the sequel to Link to the Past. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> this is the most canon ever. Um, so yeah, you get to you go to the you go to Hyrule. You get to you get a magic bee at first, and then you go around to doing dungeons and all the and it's basically split up into four episodes again. Um, you'll do like two dungeons per episode, and then you'll have some story stuff in between. You'll get items and everything. Um has the one hour time limit and everything where like the characters will be like, Oh, you better be get, you better hurry up and get stuff done. The time limit is running out. Um, make sure you've uh, done all your stuff. Ah! There's like scoring and everything, depending on like, you know, how much you've completed, if you die or not, all that sort of stuff. It's real interesting. Um, we did not play it with the voice acting. Cause like that's a whole separate thing within the emulation of these Satellaview games that mm-hmm. I don't understand. But you can play these plays regularly with like an English translation and everything that just has like a black bar at the bottom of the screen that like tells you like here's characters talking to you and be like stuff happens like a lot of it is just like Agatha and then this fortune teller just talking back and forth to each other and the fortune teller will just tell you stuff or Zelda will be like hey I heard you're gonna go to this dungeon there's a boss there Link told me about how the strategy to fight that boss except you've already fought that boss like thirty minutes ago yeah. <laughs> I love that um, it it sounds like whenever uh, the fortune teller shows up, which we were like, oh, man, he's going to be a villain. Um, but whenever he decides he's going to talk, it sounds like um, the the brother guy is just like so done with him <laughs> every know, single I, time. <laughs> you get to go like see them at one point and they're just like hanging out together. He just every time he's like talking, he's just like, <sighs> what is it? <laughs> it makes it sound like he's just like super far away from him when he's making these predictions but he's no they're just standing next to each other he's literally standing right next to him it's so funny um here is the plot of of the ancient stone tablets if you are curious uh, like i said set six years after link to the past Be- the story begins when the character avatar from the distant town whose name has been stolen youth as you know the youth 
enters a mysterious-looking fortune teller's house that has appeared in the town, finding only a magical golden bee. The avatar follows after it, it enters the back of the house, which strong magic whisks the youth off to the land of Hyrule, where Princess Zelda's dreams have been troubled. Discovering the youth collapsed on the ground, Zelda and her age companion Agana uh, revive the child and discuss the recent and troubling premonitions that have felt concerning Ganon's return. Did that it, say aged companion? It does say aged companion. <laughs> he is old. Oh, that's good. A few moments later, a soldier arrives and announces that Ganon's evil forces have returned. Agana and Zelda explain that Link has left the country and that they ask the, the child to help obtain the eight ancient stone tablets. It is believed that if the hero or heroine can obtain these tablets, the message in them will reveal an ancient secret capable of defeating, defending Hyrule from Ganon and his army. As the youth travels through Hyrule collecting items and stone tablets, support comes from afar by telepathic communications from Agana, the fortune teller, Princess Zelda, the Hyrulean soldier, and even the narrator of the game. I forgot the Hyrulean soldier gets to talk sometimes. Yeah, he just comes around and is like, hey, what's up? What up? As the hero fights through the various dungeons, the land of Hyrule lends its power to the child at certain preset points in the Zelda time. These, that controls the youth's access to the land. Agatha and the fortune teller explain these matters to the youth whom Zelda identifies as the Hero of Light, spoken of in legends. Thus, the Hero of Light sets out to collect the ancient stone tablets traveling in the same Hyrule depicted in A Link to the Past. After collecting the tablets and drawing the Master Sword from its pedestal in the Lost Worlds, Lost Woods, excuse me, the Hero of Light along with Zelda climbed the summit of Death Mountain to an ancient monument. Zelda translates the tablets using the Book of Medora, discovered in a basement of Link's house, and... <laughs> Which we have no idea where there was a basement in Link's house. Also, she like she's like, oh, I gotta translate this, and it's like it was us just like walking around, like, you done yet? You done yet? <laughs> what are we supposed to do? Uh, the monument then cracks, revealing the silver arrow and sacred bow. This Zelda says is what the hero of light needs to defeat Ganon. <laughs> Finally, a red portal <laughs> opens up and reveals the way into the dark world where Ganon resides. The hero of light enters Ganon's tower and battles Ganon, defeating him with a silver arrow. After retreating back to Hyrule, Zelda reveals that although Link had sealed Ganon's body away from away forever in the dark world by defeating him six years ago ganon's malicious essence had not been sealed it was through this evil energy that the hero of light was pulled into hyrule the hero then returns the master sword to its resting place in the lost world woods leaving leaves zelda and agana and returns to the town whose name has been stolen in a flash of light so basically she's like link didn't finish the job you gotta do it I'm like yeah i can do this random person whose name we don't know uh, we also figured out this is just a Zelda isekai. It is. Which is very weird to think. That's what this is. Um, but yeah, like I can't believe they just hid a Link to the Past sequel on a satellite add-on for the Super Famicom. And then, like the other Zelda game that they put out for the the, 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 the Satella of you, never did anything with them again. Yep. Like, like we talked about earlier, like I, there could be licensing issues with these things. Um, but also, like the way these games came about and like the technology behind them, it may be weird and hard to like redistribute them. Mm-hmm. That's totally a possibility. But like, if you wanted to just like put them out with just an English translation and just like kind of do them without the vo- the vocal tracks, like I think you could do that, and like that would be satisfactory to people who would want to see these. Like, obviously, it would be cool to have, like, the vocal tracks, but, like, those are all done in Japanese. Who knows, like, the vocal quality for those or, like, the, right. the audio quality for those and everything. Um, would you then have to go out and then redub it if you wanted to release it? Like, it, there's a whole lot of, like, weird variances and factors involved here that could make this very difficult. But, like, it's so weird that, like, it feels like they've just, like, they did these 
for the Satellaview, and then we're just like, eh, that's it. We're good. We don't need to do these anymore. It's like, what, what? There's, these are cool. Yeah. I want to play a, a Super Famicom remake of Legend of Zelda. I want to play Ancient Stone Tablets again. Because, like, Ancient Stone Tablets is very weird as well because, like, it's remixed versions of Link to the Past dungeons. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the dungeons are not the same order that you would imagine them in or, like, the, the layout of them are not the same. So, like, that's something different as well if you're, like, a big fan of Link to the Past. Like, you would want to be able to like see... Me. you. Oh, yeah, and you were probably like, oh, this is real interesting. Like, you know, these are... The way these are laid out and everything, they're different. And, like, how you approach this game is different and everything with, you know, the time limits and all that sort of stuff and going to different dungeons in different orders... Like, it's a very, it's a different way to experience A Link to the Past, mm-hmm. which I think they do pretty, pretty successfully here. But yeah, they're just, they, they did these and then they don't exist anymore. And also, with how stupid and dumb the Zelda timeline is, how is this game not a part of the minutia and the dumbness of the timeline. Like you, Ugh. we, I think we, I had you like, I was like, are these in the timeline? Are these in the Historia or anything? And like, the, like the Historia didn't really have anything about them. And like, it was the art book that was just like, Hey, this was the thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it mentioned that they existed. But like, it, I think it gave it like a sentence or two in Historia, but the, the art book was the one that actually Gave a little bit more explanation. Which seems wild, because, like, they made this whole dumb timeline stuff, and then they're just like, oh, by the way, we made a Link to the Past sequel, but, yeah, you don't need to know about that. Yeah. Seems so weird. Like, why would you do that? <sighs> I mean, there's a there's a, a sentence on this Wikipedia page that's like, there's fan debate of whether or not these should be considered canon or remakes or spinoff titles. I am here to tell you that Ancient Stone Tablet should be canon. The Legend of Zelda is now an Isekai series. Um, <laughs> that's that is the the true canonical canon and timeline of the Legend of Zelda. It's only those two games. Those are the only two games that have timeline stuff. Well, and you can put Link Between Worlds as well because that is also adjacent to it. Mm-hmm. Those are the only games. Everything else, they're just regular games. No timelines. Yep. That's it. Except for Zelda and Zelda Two. Direct sequel. Direct. Well, that that is blatant that it's a direct sequel. Like they, they Those are the only two. The only two little games that have timeline stuff. Everything else, by itself, no other timelines. Uh, well, technically, Ocarina Majora. No other timelines. They're literally banned. banned. <laughs> literally, it's the same link. <laughs> I mean, who's to say? The game. I don't know. The game says it's the same link. <laughs> He's looking for Navi. You can say whatever you want. I mean, literally, you can say whatever you want. I'm right. Um, but okay, so like, obviously, I was the one playing these. Yeah. What did you think of Ancient Stone Tablets as like someone who's played Link to the Past a bunch of times and like as one a of your of favorite times. games? Um, I will say that the time limit stressed me out, and it was also like there was weird mini games that were timed that like one of them I had no idea how it worked yeah um but they opened up like with I think 45 minutes were past I'm like 
that's kind of an odd thing to do. And like, there was that one time that we were just wandering around and Zelda just showed up as like, I'm being chased. And I'm like, where did you come from? <laughs> and it turns out that it was like a timed event for the game. So mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay, interesting. Like what happens if we didn't rescue her? <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, it was, it was odd in that sense. And that, like I said, it gives me anxiety to be timed, but, um, it was, and, cool and the timeline isn't through. that bad. If you're, if you're yeah. good at that game, it's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fine. Um, but it was cool to go back into that world and see it like shaken up a little bit. Mm -hmm. As the youth, the youth, the youth. Yeah, I was, I was, I knew like the, I knew this had like some story stuff, but I was not expecting it to be like as, like, involved and thorough as it was. Yeah. To be like, oh, this is a, this is a sequel to Link to the Past of all things. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like it's real interesting. I, I again, I wish they did something with these, but like, it's probably weird, and like it's probably something like Nintendo's like, because mm. Nintendo's such a fun company. Um. I love the idea of appointment level video game style stuff like this. Like I know, like I think in today in 2020, it's, it's very hard to make it work. Like you still kind of see it at times, but mostly it's like, you know, in game events, like, you know, like a lot of like the Fortnite stuff kind of falls under this category with like, they're very like, Oh, we were having this event, this very specific event for two hours and that's it. Or like their movie trailer, what stuff that they do and all that sort of stuff. Like, that kind of is in a similar vein. Mm -hmm. um, and then, like, you know, like, there's all sorts of, like, just endgame events regardless of games in general. But, like, I mean, I'm I'm an old person, so, like, I like <sighs> the idea of just, like, hey, we're doing this thing at 9 o'clock on Friday. Come and be a part of it with all these other people, and then that's it. Like, I mean, I was a huge fan of 1 versus 100 on the Xbox 360, so, like, of course I would be into, like, this sort of stuff. <laughs> Um, like it seems super cool and like it's just a fun way to like kind of like make this community of people who are playing this game together um, at just one time and like that's it but like like I said I, I don't know how well you could do that in 2020 when like this idea would have worked a lot better back in you know the mid 90s when like television was such a huge thing like, appointment television was like a, this this concept that obviously permeated throughout the entire world where it's mm -hmm. like oh this television show is on at eight o'clock everyone get, get around the tv and watch it and like this is basically just aping that formula but like you know 2020 television isn't really that big of a thing anymore appointment no. level television isn't really that big of a thing anymore outside of like sports right because everything is like just now on streaming stuff and or it can be um recorded or it can be recorded or just like you know, you you can just watch it whenever. You don't have to watch it with everyone yeah. to be a part of the conversation. Right. So, like I, I like I said, I, I don't know if like this kind of style would work today, outside of like what other games do, in terms of like events and stuff. But like, it's still something that I think is really cool and something I wish still existed. But again, I don't think it would bring back nah. one versus one hundred. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Every Xbox Series X and S should have one versus one hundred installed on the on the console for day one, and then you get to play one versus one hundred on Friday nights. Hilarious. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. But yeah, that's 
These Satellaview Zelda games, they're really cool. They're really interesting. Like, if you have the ability to check them out, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, like, I, 100% you should do that because, like, they're so bizarre and, like, it's not what you're expecting in terms of, like, playing a Zelda game. Like, we didn't dive that far into, like, the, the original Legend of Zelda remake, but, like, we kind of got, it kind of just gives you the, the gist of it. Right. But, like, Angel Stone Tablets is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. So Televue stuff, I think, is cool in general as well. So, Experimental things are interesting in yeah. game history. Even if they're, like, a giant flop. Yeah, totally. Um, and if you're able to figure out, like, th- these do have the, em- like, they are, you can't emulate these with the vocal tracks and everything. And I think Ancient Stone Tablets has, like, an English dub vocal track as well. So, like, you could go completely full into how, like, into emulating how these actually were. That's wild. So, if you're able to do that, like... And you can figure that stuff out. Like it's it's complicated to say the least. Who dubbed it? Uh, I, I, I think it was like fans. Okay. But I think you can also get like the original. The Japanese dub. The yeah the original Japanese track as well. Yeah, I tried to find that on YouTube and I couldn't find it, but I also didn't look very hard. Yeah, I think I remember there was someone in the the Japanese dub for Ancient Stone Tablets that was like interesting, or that did something. Didn't we talk about that? We, I'm pretty sure we talked about it, but now I don't uh, remember. Artemis. Sailor Moon, right? Wasn't, wasn't somebody Artemis? That sounds right. I gotta figure out which one was, which one, which one, which one, which, which one. Well, the uh, good yes. thing is you don't have many options. Uh, the fortune teller was Artemis in Sailor Moon. OG Sailor Moon. And then also... I think still does stuff. Yeah, it was in a show in 2018. Been in like the original Full Metal Alchemist. It's been in your favorite show, Dragon Ball. What? <laughs> uh, it's in My Hero Academia. It's like it's just been in a bunch of stuff. And then this other person, it's got a stern Wikipedia page just picture. <laughs> <laughs> stern. Very stern. Also in Dragon Ball. What? Your favorite show. Don't slander me like this. <laughs> and also was in Yakuza 4. <laughs> <laughs> so, real cool. All right. Yeah. There you go. Who is that dude? Oh, that's Agana. The lady who did Zelda has been other in itself as well. There you go. That's the, that's the Televue Zelda games. They're cool. You should check them out if you have not played them. Highly, I would I would recommend it, especially if you're a fan of the of Zelda and in the series and everything. Like, you you're doing yourself a favor by checking these out because they're so interesting mm-hmm. and everything. Um, they get the seal of approval from me, and I am a Link to the Past super fan. Yes. So. More people need to talk about the Isekai sequel to Link to the Past. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> when are we getting Ancient Stone Tablets randomizer? Man, <laughs> Woof. imagine having to play an hour game an episode and it'd be randomized oh my god <laughs> uh, that's fun anyway yeah that's that's that uh you have some otome to talk about let's talk about let's go to italy now i, I feel like we've been in italy we have been in italy the past week like last week we were in italy uh this week's jared and our watch we we're in italy or we weren't in italy but we still had some italy stuff you know italy stuff italy stuff <laughs> And now here we are back again. Welcome to our Italian podcast, where all we do is talk about Italy. (laughs) Italy. 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 Excuse me. 
Um, so yeah, we are going to talk about, and I apologize in advance for me butchering things because I am not good at pronunciation. I mean, um, you heard me have to pronounce a bunch of Italian names last <laughs> week, so like it ain't easy. Uh, so it's Pio Fiore, I think is how you pronounce it. Faded Memories. Uh, it just came out on the Switch in the U.S. last month. It's been a while. Well, not a while, while. But well, I mean, like, it's not like it was, like, last week or something. No, no, no. But I, I think I think it came out last month. Like, the beginning of October, maybe. That, um, like, late September, early October. That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, so, as we have mentioned, it is set in Italy. It is set in the year 1925. And we are in... Year. Do you? <laughs> Uh, we are in a fictional town, uh, Berlone, Berlone, I, I don't know, I don't know how you, um, that this town is controlled by three different mafia organizations. Uh, so we have, um, the Falzone, the Visconti, and the, uh, Lao Shu. Very Italian. Yes. <laughs> um... <laughs> And so those three have their different districts, and then you have, like, a neutral zone in the middle of the town. And essentially, they just run everything. Um, so Falzone family has been at this for ages. Like, they're the oldest of the groups, um, and their leadership is direct blood descendants. Um so you you have uh, Dante as as the leader at the moment from the he's, Devil May Cry series. He's one of our datables. Um, his cousin Nicola Francesca is uh, his right hand man. Um, also, you know, blood related is important. Um, Visconti split off from this because they're like, man, this whole leadership thing sucks. Like, you have to have their blood. I don't like that. So they just decided, okay, well. Let's make our own. So they did. Um, and then the Lao Shu is a branch of the Chinese mafia. And they uh, they have now set up shop here as well. Uh, they are very well known for being violent. <laughs> a mafia being well known for violence? What? What? Uh, so that's, that's the setup here. Uh, we, we start our story with uh, our... Our main gal, her name is uh, Liliana, but they call her Lily. And um, she is an orphan who lives in the church and has been working with the church. She's not a member of the, like, she's not a sister or anything, but she just is there. Um, and she has a weird birthmark. Casually. Um, that becomes important. So, let's talk about why it's important. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So, um, there are a couple routes that are actually canon routes, so it gets a little complicated. Uh, I started with Dante's, which is considered, like, one of the most canon routes. Uh, so I probably goofed i should have gone with nicola first but i didn't 
uh, I was like, Dante, I like you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna date you. Um, so depending on what's happening in each route, um, she is whisked away by the the mafia group. <laughs> um, and so the Falzone specifically want her because um, she is what they call the key maiden. And the key maiden is supposed to work with the descendant of the Falzone and they can unlock the secret of the town. They're supposed to protect the secret of the town. Um, the key maiden is apparently selected by the stars by the church. I don't know how that works because she has the birthmark. I'm like, did she have the birthmark before and then she was picked? Like, did random people have this birthmark? And they're like, you, you're the one now. And then 10 years <laughs> later, somebody else has it. Like, how does this work? I don't know. Um, Catholicism, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so the Falzone are the traditionalists, I guess, is the best way to put this. Um, you know, they've been doing this for hundreds of years at this point, and they're considered the, um, I forget how they word it, like the keepers of the tomb or the, the grave keepers, something like that. And Lily's like, that's a weird thing to call them. That's very strange. Um, on their particular routes, uh, Nicola and Dante's, um, she is taken to the Falzone um, Manor, the big house. And depending on how you're answering, you're going to go with either of the dudes. Uh, Nicola's is weird. Uh, I liked him a bit, but also I was like, I don't think that this romance is going to work because uh, he is very, very dedicated to Dante and will basically do anything to help Dante. Um, and his main goal in every single route is to free Dante from his obligation to this this lifestyle. Um, and so I feel like, well, actually, in one of the bad ends that you get, uh, She's just like, I I don't know about this. Like, what's going on? And Nicola just, like, straight up shoots her. Um, and I think that's, like, on his route. Um, so I I don't I don't buy the whole, like, he actually wants to romance me thing. Because I think he's really just, like, whole hog into that I'm the right-hand man whole thing, you know? Whole hog. <laughs> yep. Uh, so he's the underboss, I guess, is the right way to, the to under say it boss. the underboss um so he he's kind of like your your smooth talker he, he's a smooth operator i guess um his route is also the least important <laughs> nothing happens in it that really matters uh the the thing that happens that's relevant like it's actually you know what it's not even relevant um it comes up one other time in the entire story and i think it's in the finale but um there's a cop in the town uh what's his name what's his name roberto de feo <laughs> um who saw lily 
once at church and like fell in love with her at first sight and is obsessed with her. And so Nicholas Roud's basically just like dealing with this guy who's a psycho. Um, it's it's pretty messed up. He he's completely unhinged. Um, it should also be mentioned that each of these guys has a like the good end or how did they how is they worded? I forget. Um, I wish I had my game right now, but I don't. So I'm gonna have to just try and remember. Uh, the good ending is one of them. That's like the middle best ending. There we go. Um, so best ending, good ending, and then the tragic bad ending. <laughs> Every single guy has one of those. But usually it's not wrong. Uh, no, no. Um, so in the best ending, um, Nicola does not kill Roberto. Uh, he, he actually detains him. Um, and you guys get to you know, be together. Yay. Um, again, nothing plot relevant at all. Uh, in his tragic bad ending, um, dude goes completely psychopath and is like, okay, well, I don't want anyone to be around you and I don't want anyone to look at you and I don't want anyone to touch you. I'm just going to lock you up in your room and you're just going to submit to me whenever I want it. I was like, Ugh! Yuck! I don't like you! Go away! Um, so I kind of expected to like this guy at first, and then I, after that I was just like, you know what? No! No! I, I don't. I don't like you. Um, you locked him away. Basically. Like I said, he's not really all that relevant. He's relevant in other routes. He's very relevant in other routes, but in his own, he's just not. He's just there. Um, so you have to do these all in a specific order. The only two that you know, are a toss-up is you can either do Nicola's or you can do Dante's. It doesn't matter which order you do those, but then you have a specific order. Um, so you have to do those two, then you do Yang, and then you do Orlock, and then you do Gilbert, and then you do the finale. I should have used different wording besides do. Um, <laughs> whoops. Um, okay, so here's my question. Do we want to talk about the best route now or do we want to save it? That's up to you. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about my least favorite route. We're going to build up to this good one. Uh, Yang's sucks. Um, for one, I was getting so frustrated because legit, you get so many bad endings with this guy. Like, the, there's the regular bad endings that you get in Atome whenever you pick the wrong thing. But, like, right. this dude, like, you say the wrong thing once and he just straight murders you every single time. And I'm like, dude, you have, like, 15 bad endings where the other guys have, like, three. <laughs> He's psycho, and it's wild because I've been looking at like, and this is gonna sound really embarrassing. Uh, I've been looking at the the Atome like subreddit, and like he's the most popular character. I'm like, 
oh honey all of you guys need therapy all of you that's terrifying he's not good at all they clearly enjoyed the challenge of trying to get him (laughs) i mean that's the thing is that like he he's the one that you have to put in a lot of work for Mm -hmm. and for one that's really irritating to me that he's just like bored all the time and you have to make him not bored um and like i don't really want to have to convince somebody that i'm interesting for them to love me like that's kind of terrible the best thing that came out of this is that um there are two twins uh lan and Faye. they're like 15 year old um twins that yang saved at one point when they were back in china and they just follow him around now and they're like little mini assassins (laughs) um that like to give you all kinds of foods i was like okay but that's another thing about this game is that it's constantly talking about Italian food and it's like giving you like vivid descriptions of the food. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so hungry every time <laughs> I was playing this game. Oh, it was so frustrating. Um, so yeah, he, he sucks. He sucks real bad. Um, when you first get on his route, like you, you, I think Orlock takes you to the, the um shoot what did i say his group was called lao shu and he takes you to um their their organization's hideout um like the very first thing he does is just smooch you that's the very first thing he does a bit forward i'm like dude what are you doing that's very fast um so yeah his route is essentially just like always keep him interested Mm -hmm. because otherwise he's just bored and he's also a very like bloodthirsty cruel dude like he'll just murder people for no reason oh fun yeah obviously considering that like you know he murdered me about 15 times (laughs) um and he does all kinds of like weird stuff like um at one point again problematic very problematic um the twins put her in like a a chinese style dress and she's kind of like i don't know about this because uh it's it's a land's dress and you know she's 15 so she's smaller um so it's a very revealing outfit on her and so she's walking around and she's like giving people food and all and Yang comes in and immediately like grabs her and like rips the stuff off of her and it's just like no and then yeah he always wants to bone (laughs) you don't say always like the very first thing he does is he's like okay so you can stay in my room in my bed or I could let you go into the room with all the other guys and we'll see what happens. It's like, dude, you're messed up. You are so messed up. Um, his route also has a lot to do with um, drugs. Because his, his group is um, big in drug peddling. Also, what they do 
And this has been mentioned a couple times in the other routes, but it's kind of a minor like throw off line. They deal in human trafficking. Oh, casually. Yeah, they kidnap women from Italy and take them to China. And I was like, oh, okay, that's not good. You should maybe not do that. The mafia does bad stuff. I, yeah, but <laughs> the other ones don't do as bad of things. I mean, they're not telling you they're doing the bad stuff. That's true. Yeah, I mean, at one point, Nicola, like, rips a dude's fingernails off. Ah. Uh, yeah. What the f***? He also cuts an ear off. Yeah. That's still messed up. I would, uh, look, in terms of gross things that <laughs> someone could do, cutting an ear off is a lot lower than peeling someone's fingernails off. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, and so Nicole is always like, I don't want you to see that side of me. And it's like, uh, <laughs> but Yang just wants you to see everything. He's like, all right. I'm an open book. Let me tell I, you about all the cocaine and heroin we just got. Well, the whole plot line of his story is basically that he's mad about the opium wars. And so he's just like in Europe selling drugs to try and like corrupt Europe. I'm like, you realize that Italy wasn't involved with the opium wars, right? Like that that's not the country you're looking for. <laughs> but, you know, what ifs? You do you, Yang. Um, he has some really funny, um, moments and I, I, I texted you at one point because I got, I don't remember which ending it was with him. It might've actually, was it the good ending? I don't know. He murders you in one of them. Um, and Essentially what he does is he, you get taken by the Falzone family and he comes to visit you on the balcony. It was like, oh, you know, I, I love you and I'm here to see you and da, 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 da. And this, I should preface this by saying that he catches a reading Romeo and Juliet at one point. And he's like, oh, you find this romantic? And he's like, yeah. And he specifically says something like, I won't be taking the poison. Um, so... Fast forward, and Yang comes to uh, the the mansion. She's like, yay, you're going to free me. This is exciting. Um, and then he stabs through her chest into Dante to kill him, and then says, I told you I wasn't going to take the poison. Hey, he wasn't wrong. He took like, the dagger. Dang! No, he, no, he's, he uses, um, I forget what the name of the swords are, but they're like a Chinese sword that's like curved at the end. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, stabs that through your chest and into Dante's. Casually. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, interesting. Um, he then runs off into the, the woods, and at one point <laughs> he's like, oh. Time to become a mountain man. I, <laughs> he's like, I keep thinking about her. Maybe that was a mistake to kill her. Whoops. LOL, oh well. <laughs> um, basically, this was just bad decisions the route. Like, this man totally just forces himself on you all the time and is also just a murderous psychopath. She's like, but I can tame him. 
I'm like, honey, no. Can you? You can't. You can't. Like in in the um, like tragic bad endings. Uh, I guess sequel. They have sequels to the the best endings and the sequels to the tragic bad endings. And in his tragic bad ending, he is in a different town and he sees a prostitute, hires her. Um, they go into a room. She says something to him about like honey i think like f the food and it was like oh hey you want to use that and he just straight up kills her and then just falls asleep in the bed i wanted plain cheerios not honey nut <laughs> like the dude is not okay i don't like him oh, at like all the, the my chemical romance song <laughs> um we have after that we have orlock um, Orlock is a disciple of the church, uh, which then that's your big red flag right there. Um, <laughs> and Orlock, you know, he's the, the white haired anime boy. He's got two different colored eyes. He's definitely going to survive. Everything's fine. Um, <laughs> so he kind of works with all the groups, um, as an informant. But also his main mission is just to protect Lily. Um, he is younger than everybody else. I think he's like 18. And the rest of them are like well in their 20s. Uh, so he's the, the baby. He's the baby. Um, and he is he he takes a lot of hits, basically. Like his route is just I'm getting beat up the route. Um, not Lily's getting beat up. He's getting beat up because of trying to protect her. <laughs> uh, and, you know, his is the weird route of, like, I haven't had anybody who loved me, and I was an orphan, and I, I don't know. I, like, I don't even have a bed in my apartment. And, oh, man, I, I used to be in, from this part of town, but then I was adopted, and I, I really like this one particular dish, but I haven't had it. Oh, man, you made this dish for me? I love you. Um that's basically how that route goes um the issue with orlock is that he has a really massive amount of tragedy going on um so like i said he he was an orphan uh in quotation marks um his mom died he was taken in by the church he was trained to be a disciple which in this case basically makes him a church assassin? You know, figures. Yeah. Um, and so, like I said, his mission is that he's got to protect her. Um, he, at one point, he is ordered by the, um, I think he's a bishop? What's, is he a bishop? I don't remember what you are. It just says he's a member of the clergy. Um, Von Roseberg. Roseberg? Roseberg. Yes. Um, he at one point orders Orlock to kill Lily. It's like, God wills this to happen. He's like, what? That, no, my mission's protect her. He's like, no, no. God says she has to die now. So he's very go, fickle. <laughs> you should go kill her now. 
And um, you have to, you have two different choices here that you have to get through. Otherwise, he just listens and murders you. Um, but essentially, he breaks off from the church because of love. He's like, I, he's like, I would be sad if I murdered you. Um, I don't remember if it's this route or the main finale route. But anyway, you find out that Von Roseberg is, is uh, his dad. Um, but he, since he's clergy and he took his vow, he's not allowed to have a child. Um, so it would be quite the scandal so instead he found his son in the orphanage and uh just brought him up as a disciple go figure and then you know tells him to murder the woman that he's apparently in love with uh also this one has the absolute worst tragedy bad end <laughs> the absolute worst it's so messed up it is insanely messed up um in his tragic bad end orlock gets taken by the falzone and he is put in their um dungeon basically they have under the manor for some reason um so he's put there and uh lily is taken hostage basically and dante's like all right you're mine now uh, at one point, she sneaks out and goes to try and see if she can free Orlock. And she's like, hi, I'm here to rescue you. He's like, oh, that'd be cool. Except for they cut the tendons in my legs so that I can't walk anymore. Um, yep. 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 So um, that's messed up. Got a dragon. Don <laughs> Dante comes in and he's like, oh, hey. Uh, you're not supposed to be here. What are you doing? You want to hang out with him? I can have you hang out with him. So she gets to hang out in the dungeon now. And she gets to be, um, repeatedly, uh, word I'm not going to say, um, by the Falzone guys. And, uh, also has... Assaulted, to say the least. Yes. Um... And she also has the tendons and her legs cut, so she cannot get away. So essentially, this assault is happening in front of Orlock, and nothing can like be fixed. It's horrific. Um, in his after story for that one, he he like kisses her for the first time and dies. But yep. All right. <laughs> um, sure. In in his best ending, they like run away. A different part of Europe. He falls. They're like, look, I get out of here. <laughs> he falls asleep on her shoulder. It's really cute. And then dies. Um, no, he didn't die in that one. He's alive <laughs> in that one. Um, then we'll talk about Gilbert Redford, the most Italian name ever. You ready to talk about some Gilbert? I love Italian names that are very Italian. <laughs> oh my God. Um. So, Gilbert, he is the leader of the Visconti, and he's kind of like your charismatic, um, everybody loves him type thing. Uh, he's, he's very, very flashy. He wears an eye patch 
He has an eye patch. What if you put another eye patch on him? <laughs> then he can't see. I mean, that's not my problem. Um. <laughs> so yeah, everybody in his area of town's like, "You're the best. We love you. You're fantastic." Woo. Um. His route is. Um, I'm going to say the safest in every sense of the word. <laughs> um, like, in what sense? You don't die as much, that's for sure. Um, but he, he genuinely is like straight up about liking you pretty early on. Um, and no one really dies in any of his routes. He like, just got teleported from like a different game and put it here. <laughs> Basically, like he's just a nice dude who runs a mafia. <laughs> um, he also has the same voice actor as Impy, which is hilarious. Um, yeah, he's just like stupidly nice to everybody, except for when he stole my freaking ice cream. And I was like, get out of here. Ah! And then you murdered him, and that was the bad ending. <laughs> <laughs> um,. Yeah, he, he, like, really, he pays attention to her. He, he, like, doesn't keep her in the dark on what's going on. He gets real happy at one point because you are asking him questions about his, like, cannon and ammunition and guns, including his Chicago typewriter. Uh, which, sure, I guess. <laughs> um... As indicated by the name, Gilbert Redford is Italian-American. He, he lived in Chicago. Chicago. And his dad was in the Chicago Mafia uh, and died. And then his mom brought him to Italy, and now he is here. He considers himself Italian and not um, American. And he... Uh, he is caught up in a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Fraudulent money, counterfeiting, counterfeiting scheme um, that he has been accused of bringing counterfeit American dollars into the town. And they're like, well, obviously it's you because you're the one who has American blood. And he's like, well, hold on. No, this isn't fair. <laughs> um, also the fake $10 bill in there is hilarious because it's got Andrew Jackson on it. I was like, they didn't even give me, like, that's so wrong. <laughs> um, but he has a, a trial that he has to go through, and um, depending on your choices, the trial either goes well or it goes poorly. Um, if it goes well, he gets he gets off. Oh, God, I shouldn't have said that word. Uh, <laughs> what a trial. Uh, uh, <laughs> Um, because he has a lawyer slash uh, his underboss, I guess, named Oliver, Oliver Haas. Uh, and Oliver nails it, gets him <laughs> off. Oh, God. Sure I did. Stop, I gotta stop talking. Oh, no. <laughs> um. So, like, his is basically, like, all right. Everything's fine. We get to be together. Like, everything's happy. 
she like moves into his house permanently at one point i think no wait she doesn't she goes back to the church for a bit and he's like i am a very pious person i am i am a very religious person we're gonna do this properly and then she moves into his house um which yeah did not expect him to be the hyper-religious one, but he's the hyper-religious one. And I was like, oh, buddy. <laughs> sure. I mean, he's from America, so. Well, yeah, but this is Catholic Church. Again. Yeah, I guess. But, like, he came across as more religious than the actual guy who works for the Catholic Church <laughs> with the datable. And that's kind of... Um, so that was a knock-off on him. But he was fine, like... I, I liked him. He was a likable person. I mm -hmm. didn't have any issues with him. Um, his tragic bad ending is basically just like he um, he he's found guilty, and he decides he's going to flee the country. Sweet. And uh, like Oliver decides he's going to give uh, Lily the paperwork to go with him, and he's just like, no, I I can't. I got to solve all this, then I'll come back for you, but no. And so, like, his tragic bad ending is just basically, like, he pieces out. <laughs> tragic. I mean, it's it's a lot less tragic than Orlok's. I mean, you're not wrong. Or getting stabbed. Just, I gotta or, go, bye. Yeah, he just leaves. Just fine, I guess. Um, which brings me to my favorite route which is Dante. Like I said, it was my favorite route, and it's the one that I did first. And From the so, Devil May Cry series. Yes. I mean, he is kind of like a silvery-haired dude, so, you know. Um, so let's talk about Dante. He is the leader of the, the Falzone. He is kind of the, like I said, canon route. Um, he is the, um, what is it, capo? Capo? Is that the word? That is a word. Isn't that what they use in um, Golden Wind? Yes. Capo? Yeah. That's what they call him here, the Capo. Okay. Um, and he took over the family pretty young because his dad was assassinated. Oh, by the way, his dad was assassinated by Orlock. Whoops. Everything's connected. Yep. Uh, so he kind of comes across as like a, uh, he's kind of like standoffish. And he's intimidating. Um, but she also notices that, like, everybody cares about him. Like, everybody in this house is just like, he's the best! Which, like, you're in the mafia house. Like, I'm, I'm, you're probably going to say he's the best. <laughs> we have to say this or he'll kill us. Um, I will say that he, in several of the routes, you're assigned a bodyguard named Leo. Leo should have had a route because he is fantastic. He is such a good boy. Um, but Dante assigns Leo to be your bodyguard, but also Leo keeps bringing you like gifts, like books and snacks, and eventually he brings you a kitten. Yeah. And um, she's like, wow, Leo, this is all really nice. And then eventually he's like, you know, um, this wasn't me, but I'm not supposed to tell you who it was, but it was Dante. <laughs> Oops. Um, and she had kind of figured it out at one point because um, she was talking about a book that she was reading, and he's like, Oh, I've read that book. Da 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 da. And 
she's like, oh, you've read that. That's kind of interesting. And realizes that he had sent the book to her. And yeah, it's... Anyway, um, he's a cutie patootie. Like, even though he is a boss. Uh, he's a very, very nice dude. Like, once you get to meet him and talk to him, other than the whole murdering thing. Uh, he's got the whole thing of, like, secretly really like sweets but doesn't want people to know it so like sometimes he'll try and like drink a black coffee in front of people just like trying not to throw up <laughs> and she's like dad i'll get you some sugar it's fine um she also is a she works better with him than she does with many of the others because and a lot of the other ones she just kind of like goes along with whatever and she actually just like gets along with Dante a bit more. Mm -hmm. Like she talks to him kind of on an equal ground. Um, so this route is wild. Um, so at one point the Falzone mansion is, or ma manor is um, raided and He's like, okay, well, this is bad because now they know that they can get in here. I think Yang is the one who Ye, uh, who invades it, which of course he does. Yang does everything bad in every single route. Um, <laughs> like in, in Nicola's route, um, you're having to infiltrate Yang's hideout when he realizes like, oh God, I messed up and left Liliana and now she's going to get kidnapped. This is terrible. Um, so anyway... Uh, Dante's like, okay, we're going to leave safe house. We're going to go there. And so the two of them just stay there together. It's like cute house sharing plot, <laughs> including the whole like, oops, I actually came out mostly naked. Uh oh, <laughs> Oh no. Everybody is kind of, uh, uh, flustered by this. Uh, he's got a towel on. Um, things are also awkward at first because she is having feelings and doesn't really know what to do about it. And she thinks that he's just being nice to her because she's the key maiden, which finally we're getting back to the idea of the key maiden. It comes up in this route and basically this route only. Because <laughs> um, it's the only route that is really relevant. Uh, other than the other ones are trying to keep her away from the routes. But um yeah so she thinks that he's just being nice to her because she's the key maiden and that he doesn't actually care about her as a person uh so they end up having a little chit chat and she realizes like oh that's not the case she also accidentally like cabot on him at one point which is great um but their their hideout is discovered and um they're given some tainted wine and they pass out uh, Nic Nicola goes missing, um, and Lily is uh, taken captive. I don't remember how she gets free because it's been a while. But anyway, let's talk about what actually happens here. So um, Dante once again is able to get her back. Um, I don't remember how. Don't ask me. I don't remember. Um, and he ends up going to a different, like, hotel safe house type thing and there's a lot of pushback against the falzone because everybody's like well 
they can't keep us safe obviously like they're they're not doing a good job maybe we should like let one of these other mafia groups take over uh and so um public favor for them is at a low um also at one point um should be mentioned that they have taken Faye, um yang's little 15 year old twin guy um they took him hostage and at one point beheaded him and sent Whoa. his head back to yang now we're getting into some mafia stuff yeah yeah they sent his head back um and so they're like walking in the street at one point, uh, Lily and Dante and Lan, his twin sister comes up and is like, yo, you murdered my brother. Not cool. And decides that she's going to slaughter Dante like on the spot. Um, also turns out that she is like drug enhanced. And so like he shoots her several times and she like keeps coming um depending on how you've done in terms of choices like somebody either is killed like a civilian or not um but helping the whole you know they can't keep it safe um so anyway um they also find out that the church is deciding that they're going to rescind their protections for the falzone family he's like what is going on um, so he talks to Lily and was like, okay, we're going to try and figure out what's going on with this key maiden thing. I know that we need the key maiden and we need someone with the Falzone blood and we have to go to this place. So I'm going to take you there. We're going to see if we can just unlock it somehow. Um, so they go and they can't figure it out. Um, and so they're kind of like, oh, man, this sucks. Everything's really frustrating. We don't know what to do. They go back to the hotel. And at one point, they, like, get all romantic and just bang. <laughs> As you do. And the next morning when they wake up, Lily's like, oh, hey, my mark has changed colors. That's interesting. That can't be plot relevant at all. Um, Definitely not. And they end up having to go back to the, where... Um, the the little abandoned ruins type thing is i don't remember why they go back there i think it's because yang tells them to anyway yang's there and yang is like straight up ready to murder everybody and ends up getting a good hit in on dante that she's like oh god i think that's fatal <laughs> um orlock also gets like repeatedly stabbed like after he's dead yang just keeps stabbing him while he's on the ground it's like oh my god um truly making sure yeah uh so dante and lily work together and um he sneaks lily a gun and she shoots it in the air which throws yang off for a minute and that's enough that dante just shoots him in the chest and he's like well guess i'll die then <laughs> um so as you do uh she's freaking out because dante has this like super terrible wound and she's trying to figure out what to do about it so she takes him into the um ruins and she's like huh hold on a second there's like water in this basin um i can't i can't have him drink it or anything but i'm just gonna wipe his face with it 
Um, that's not. Anything, that's not. That is not proper medical advice. It is not. Do not do um, that if someone gets shot or fate or stabbed or whatever or gets injured in a bad way. Do not take them into the ruins and give them the ruin water. <laughs> well, in this case, it worked out um, because the ruin water is blessed water uh, because the key maiden and Dante came together. <laughs> literally. Literally. And they unlocked the body of Jesus Christ. So what you're saying is that this game has is basically the same plot as JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Eyes of Heaven, but more horny. Yes, that okay. is exactly what I'm saying. Just wanted to clarify that for everyone listening at home. <laughs> so um, this little like immortal angel kid that's creepy as crap he comes up in several of these routes oh i forgot an orlock's route he loses an arm and this kid's like oh hey i'll get you a new one it's pretty cool get him a little get him a little prosthetic arm um anyway uh the kid comes up and is like so you guys were able to unlock it and she's like how did we do it and he's like oh you guys know <laughs> you did it all right <laughs> you know how you did it and she's like oh oh um, so, turns out, the Falzone family has been protecting the remains of Jesus Christ since he died, um, and they're trying to keep it under wraps. That's why this town has church protection, while the Falzone family has church protection, because they're trying to prevent people from finding out that Jesus was a mortal person and not divine. <clears throat> so, they f to release the body of Jesus. Also, the holy water cured him. <sighs> That's a lot to take in. Also, that was how I started this game. That was the first round I got. How do you... You can't top that. Like, that's that's enough for you, you for you to be just like, I'm good. I have seen everything I need to see from this game. That's basically how... Because I was playing through... The rest of it was like, nothing can top Dante. Like, that route was amazing. It was... Like, the dude is a nice dude. He's a cute guy. He gave me a cat. Yeah. And then also, like, you bang for the body of Jesus Christ. You can't beat that. He's easily the best boy of this game. Wow. <laughs> um, do you think so, they keep him wrapped up in little burritos like they do in JoJo? I don't know. I hope so. They just float to you? Here's a, here's a burrito. Here's a burrito. Here's a Jesus burrito. Got it from Chipotle. <laughs> Uh, so, Amelia, the little angel kid, is like, so, are you going to use, uh, the newly freed Jesus Christ body to, to, you know, get back in the favor of the church? And he's like, no, I think we're going to keep it here. Um, we're, we're going to find another way to, to figure this out and make our town better because, um, this is weird. Uh, so, everything's fine. They end up getting together. The town is fine. Um, I don't remember how. You know, after you for Jesus Christ, like everything else is pretty just like else whatever. Is pretty like, um, and you know, I've seen people question. They're like, you know, this is 1925, and they're very religious. Would they really have premarital sex? I'm like, come on, come on. Do you not think people boned like? Anyway, let me tell you, as someone yes. who has studied literature from before the 20th century, mm -hmm. you know, people, people were horny. Really? People have always been horny. 
And like, it happened. You might not think it happened, Hang but on. it happened. Hang on. Keep talking. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, you legit can't top that. You cannot top it's that. True. Look, if we all want to talk about the church. Yeah. People being horny. Mm-hmm. Go read some John Dunn poetry about how he wants to f*** God. <laughs> that is a legitimate thing, and he, you know, he lived in the fifty, the late fifteen hundreds. Mm-hmm. So people have always been horny. It's true. Um, Don't his let tra- weird twentieth century propaganda tell you otherwise. No, like people think that Victorians were like super oppressed and like didn't didn't do any of the bones. I mean, stuff they had to like- get a lot of clothing off, so that was probably one thing that kind of hampered it. But they did, but they were horny. Anyway, um, his tragic bed end was not too bad. Um, she was in a coma, and um, he's just like sitting by her bed every day, like holding, trying to make her come back. Uh, honestly, pretty benign in comparison to some of the other ones. <laughs> uh, which, you know, if he knew, then they have that holy water that they could access that could cure her coma. But, you know, there's also the creepy implications of, like, how would they unlock it if... So. Anyway. uh, Dante's great. Which brings me to the last ending. How are there Uh, more endings after this? Because there's the finale ending. Oh, right. um, Which includes one more romanceable and also, like, the ending to try and explain what all has been going on here. So... Um, there is a casino in the, uh, neutral zone and the casino is normally where everybody meets up to have their like meetings of the three heads of the, the mafias, the mafia groups. I don't know how, how you would make that plural anyway. Um, and so there's this creepy guy with like a mask and a really fancy attire who's like in charge of the, the casino, um, is very like performative and everybody's a little put off by him uh i was also put off by him he's weird um so anyway uh that all leads me to there's this guy that keeps showing up in the finale route that um doesn't look anything like that guy hmm hmm just has shorter hair amazing also not a mask he's not wearing a mask uh, and his name is uh, Henri, and Henri is constantly going into the uh, cemetery, and he says he's talking to someone important to him. Um, like I said, there are you can romance him, or you, you can want. just get the ending. But uh, basically, he's been behind everything. Like, he was behind the, like, uh, um, counterfeiting scheme. And um, he's just basically trying to take down all the groups. Um, the reason being that his sister was the previous key maiden. And... Um, so Dante's dad had brought her under his protection. The issue is that um, Dante's dad was in love with someone else. 
And so like this guy's sister kept thinking, oh, you know, we're destined to be together. Like God says we're supposed to be together because I'm the key maid and like that's destiny. And um, they're trying to explain like, no, like that's not what that means. Like we're tied together, but like not romantically tied together, you know? Um, so anyway, Dante's mom is um, brought in and they get married at one point the sister gets like super jealous and like pushes the mom down the stairs which is crazy um and she just loses touch with reality like she has a complete mental break and ends up committing suicide yikes yeah um and Henri's like oh there's no way she committed suicide the mafia had to have something to do with it like that's just how it has to be. Like, she wouldn't have done that. And one of the cops, Marco, was like, no, I uh, I, I saw her autopsy. Like, there, she, that's she, suicide. That's what it was. Um, so Henri has had this whole, like, real messed up revenge plot going on for, like, a decade at this point. And is trying to bring down the whole town and bring down all the families and blah 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 blah. um you can um you can romance him um one thing that is very interesting about him that you have to read between the lines on it but um he was actually adopted by someone in the um in the Falzone family, like the extended family. And by reading between the lines, you realize that he doesn't like being touched. And the reason he doesn't like being touched is because he was also assaulted, but also beat repeatedly in that family. The f Which would also be a reason that like, hey, uh, he has a grudge. Yeah. Yeah. So, and like considering he was a kid, he was a kid. Um, so he does not like being touched and freaks out if anybody touches him. Uh, at one, at one point he, uh, sets the casino on fire and it's like, I'm just going to die here. Bye. And, um, Lily is like, nope, not happening. They end up finding like a secret exit and they sit in this little like weird underground dungeony thing. <laughs> Um, and have a chat about, like, his past. And they end up running away to France. Oh. And they start, like, a church orphanage. And they have, like, three three kids that they watch after, I think. Uh, he keeps having, like, horrible nightmares where he comes home and she's just, like, slaughtered and all the kids are slaughtered. Um, which is wild. He works as a translator for a living to try and make money. Because he speaks and reads like five languages, um, but he eventually like his romance ending ends with him like allowing you to touch him, which cool. Um, but yeah, the other ending you don't romance him, and basically everybody's like, "Hey, um, this is bad. We should we should figure out how to deal with this guy. Basically, all the groups come together and take him down. Everybody is honky dory. Um, they realize that like he was the instigator and in causing all the issues. 
We're like, okay, well, we'll just go back to how we were and run our own parts of the town. It's cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that's basically it. <laughs> uh. One thing that I neglected to mention that I should have is that there's a very good moment in Orlok's route that I was like, heck yes. Heck yes. Um, which she talks him down. It was like, heck no. But um, Orlok and Lily end up taking in this little like street kid named Luca. And Luca gets super sick. And they're trying to take care of him. And Lily's like, you know, maybe God will grant us a miracle and save him. And uh, Orlok's trying to take care of him. And Luca dies while Orlok's like watching over him. And uh, at one point before Luca dies, he's scared because he's like, you know, I don't know if I'm good enough that I'm going to go to heaven. And Orlok explains like, oh, you know, I, I can do baptisms or I don't know what Catholics do. Um, yes. And, and then he realizes, like, oh, man, I have very dirty hands because I've murdered a lot of people. Am I good enough to do this anymore? And she's like, yes, you can do it. You can do this. Um, so he does, and Kid dies. And he goes outside afterwards in, like, a trance and then basically just starts, like, screaming at God and saying that, like, he doesn't actually exist because no, no like, good being would do this. I was like, yeah. So he he basically like loses religion for a bit. Not in the sense of the phrasing that like I'm getting angry, but like literally loses a, his religion. He was in the corner, now he's in the spotlight. Lily <laughs> <laughs> talks him down for that, which is sucky, but um yeah, this game is wild. Uh considering that they included the I will say that the interface is hot garbage because I couldn't find the extra stories for ages. I could not find them. Right. Um, but when I did find them, there's a lot that leads up to the fan disc. So it's cool that they translated it because apparently that like is going to lead into that. I hope that we get the fan disc. Mm -hmm. um, also, in one of the extra endings, we get to find out what Gilbert looks like under his eye patch. Um, his <laughs> Chicago Mafia dad uh, hit him with like a bottle and destroyed his eye, and so he can't see out of it. He said that he's better shot if he just covers the eye. <laughs> um, so, in in the extra story, they they go to the bone zone. And um, he ends up taking off the eye patch. It's like, oh, it's your eye. And it's fine. Like, it's scarred and, like, ha like it's kind of, like, glassed over. But it's, it's fine. He's got to do what makes him comfortable. Anyway, I just want to eat sweets with Dante and, like, hang out with a cat. <laughs> Go and, look at the body of Jesus. You, you know, just chill, hang out with the body of Jesus. <laughs> What a wild game! Oh boy. Oh boy. What do you think? I don't know what to think. <laughs> you get I mean, that one is... ending, and then like it's just like, what is? Why did they do other endings for this? Like, there's no point. 
There's no point. You you've done the the one, and that's it. That it's there's no topping it. Mm -mm. There's really not. Like I don't understand how people don't think Dante's route's the best because it's easily the best route. It's amazing. This has got to be one of the weirder Atome games that I've played in a while, though. Which is saying something. It is saying something. On that note, are you ready to do some ranking? Well, I believe it is time once again, as Al pops into the document, to take a look at Al's official ranking of Otome. Also, the art's really pretty. I want to say that. Round of applause, everyone. The boys are all really pretty. Okay, let's rank some things. We have 19 games on the list. We are adding game number 20. Wow, I played a lot of Otome. The top 20 games of Otome will soon think, be here. I think this is going to be. I think this is going to be a very shocking one for me. Yeah, it's going to be in the. This. It's in the top. It's going to be the bottom. Bottom quarter. Oh my god. That's what I'm. I'm, I'm guessing here. Ow! Let's let's do our, our due diligence here. Is mm -hmm. I don't remember what the Italian. Pio Fiore. Italian. Is it better or worse than? I love you, Colonel Sanders, a finger-licking good dating simulator. It is Wow, better. I cannot believe it's worse. So let's just put it at number 20. <laughs> it is better. Oh, boy. Is it better or worse than Amnesia? Better. Better or worse than Hakoki? Better. Better or worse than Love Letter from Thief X? Better. Wow, it's shocking. Better than Joestar Struck? Yes, it's better. Better than Psychedelica the Ashen Hawk? Yes. Better than Hadaful Boyfriend Holiday Star? Yes. Better than Bad Apple Wars. Yes. Better than Period Cube. Yes. Better than Psychedelica of the Black Butterfly. Yes. Ooh, top 10. Yep. Better than Collar Cross Malice Unlimited. Yes. Better than Mystic Messenger. Yes. Better than Code Realized Wintertide Miracles. Yes. Better than Hotiful Boyfriend. Yes. Better than Mr. Love Queen's Choice. I think that's where it's going to land after that one. So number six. That's really high. I was not expecting it when I was thinking about this. I was like, oh, you know what? I really liked this game. I'm I'm kind of surprised because I thought it might crack the top five. With the way you were like, oh, this could be surprising. Well, I was I was thinking, I was like, is it better than Mr. Love? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't but, know. The, but those top five are pretty much just like. The ridiculous the, of the ridiculous. Right. They're going to be hard to, to yeah. break. And so, like, being top six is not bad. Yeah, that, that's a solid That's a solid entry. Yeah. Do you want me to write it so you don't have to? <laughs> there you Italy. go. No. <laughs> the country of Italy. The country of Italy. I don't know why all Atome games are named like this. Uh, we have a new Atome game that I'm going to get this week called Cafe Enchante. Please, please, if you have to pronounce it correctly, it oh. is Café Enchanté. Uh, Enchanté. I'm guessing that's how they probably they would want you to pronounce it. Probably. It's like a, a cafe in Japan that also has, like, dudes that are, like, mythical beings, I think. That, I don't know. I don't know. What there was, like, an to. anime that did that recently, so. Oh, interesting. Um, I don't I don't know what I'm getting myself into. Honestly, I didn't know what I was getting myself into when I played this one. I was like, oh, man, mafia dudes, cool. And you went into some weird places, all right. Man, I did not expect. I cannot tell you how loud I was laughing when I realized that, like, we f to unlock the body of Jesus Christ. That's a sentence you, you never thought you would have to say. Right? 
You know what? Okay, you know what's canon? In my eyes, it is canon that these two did the do so they could unlock the body of Jesus Christ, which then leads into the JoJo game. Perfect. Because otherwise, how would you have the body of Jesus, you know? Same universe. They didn't bone enough, so that's why it got split off into a bunch of different places. Um, and timelines. <laughs> One thing that uh, is also interesting about this game, and, uh, you know, me being who I am, there's a lot of hints about, like, what's going on historically, because um, it's post-World War One, since so it's 1925, and they're talking about, like, world events and, like, what's happening with Germany at the moment. Um and they're talking about uh, Mussolini and how he's cracking down on the mafia and like some of his policies. And I was like, oh no, oh God. <laughs> um, so that was interesting that they like brought in some of those little, little things, you know? Mm -hmm. um, little historical accuracies. Yeah. And, and even then, like, it's just it's just kind of cool that um, you know they would bother with putting in like what's happening politically in Europe, right? So, Nito Frito. Nito Frito. They also make like a small reference to Al Capone, which is interesting. He's a dude. Yes. He is, in fact, a dude. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I guess... What year was Mussolini? He was like three years before, I think. So, he, like, them being... It's like saying he's doing relatively new things and changing it up like that. That would be accurate. Because he's, he's a newbie. But also, like, yikes. Also, them talking about Germany and, like, how everything's going to be fine with Germany. I'm like... Mm, about that. <laughs> yikes! Anyway, that's, that's that game. That is Italy the Atome. Well... That's going to do it for us this week. So if you'd like more from us, what, you were saying something? Mm-mm. Okay. I was just breathing. Oh, okay. If you would like more from us, go to SeasonalAnimeCheckup.com or SAC.cool is where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like Seasonal Anime Checkup and Jared and Al Watch. You can also find columns and reviews on the site as well. If you'd like more from Anladium, go to Anladium.com. She's got columns and reviews. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash anime checkup, and buy our book, One Shiny Moment of Critical Analysis of Love, Life, Sunshine on Amazon, and you can buy Owl's book, Hot Tubs and Pac-Man, mm -hmm. also on Amazon. Yes. And you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash S-A-C-O-V-A, buy us a slice of pizza, get access to bonus episodes, unedited episodes of the podcast early, all sorts of fun stuff. Next week, we got a long podcast in front of us, breathing yeah, down do. our neck. Yeah, we do. Because we got a long game to talk about. A uh, 
the end of a saga, you might say. Mm-hmm. As next week, we will be discussing The Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 4. Let's hope it's not four hours long. <laughs> I mean, the last one was very long. The last one was three hours long to go co- coincide with it being the third game. Yep. So we'll see you then next week for a long episode. <laughs>